What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Alrighty, welcome one, welcome all to a late edition of the Chase Thomas podcast here on a Monday night from Knoxville, Tennessee. I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I'm joined as I am every single Monday night to talk all things nfl it's evan swords evan good evening sir how are you monday 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 uh hi i'm good what's going on i'm doing so well are you i feel like you're in that situation where you're like if i just tell myself i'm doing well then it's actually how i'm doing because we all know who follow you on twitter and instagram and you and i uh on instagram and everything like that that you you had yourself a, a weekend. I'm surprised you tweeted through it, to be completely honest. You know, I, I, I did have myself. So I had realistically, I've had myself three weekends. Um, so as we all know, because you're you guys all follow my social life so deeply. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody cares. Uh, but, you know, I was three weeks ago. I was in the I was in San Francisco for the NFL draft. And, you know, we didn't get hammered by any means, but we definitely drank all nights. And then next last weekend, I was in Scottsdale, Arizona with some of my friends because I used to live out there and I drank a lot more than I'm used to. And then this weekend, my best friends were in town for one of my best friend's birthdays. And that was aggressive. And that was the most aggressive out of all three trips. So it was like like this little like roller coaster, you know, it's like tick, 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 climb, climb, tick, 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 tick. And it just never stopped raising until Sunday. And uh yeah, man. I don't know. Pretty exhausted. What was uh, more difficult, getting up Saturday or Sunday? Mm, that's a good question. I think getting up Saturday was pretty crazy because I was in West Hollywood and I live in Santa Monica. And that's like a 30-minute drive. So I got up and then I had to go home, grab clothes, grab the stuff to change, and like grab a couple other things. And I think, you know, I bought like Pedialyte and White Claw. And then we came over and like immediately like went to brunch and started drinking, taking shots right away. Cause my, my, so my buddy whose birthday it is, is an actual psychopath. Like people like think I drink a lot, but realistically speaking, unless it's a social event, I don't drink. I don't drink by myself. I don't drink during the week. Um, you know, unless, unless I'm in a social situation that garners drinking, I myself don't drink. Uh, but my buddy's a psychopath and he loves taking shots and he loves buying hundreds of shots and rounds and going crazy and all these things. So like he really is, I think maybe how people view me social on through social media. Mm-hmm. And we like got to brunch and immediately we started taking shots at like 11 in the morning and uh, came back and we ended up doing, uh, have, you ever, have you ever gotten like an IV before? I have not. I, I have friends that have done it. I'm not a needle guy, so that's probably not in the cards for me. 
Well, nobody's a needle guy, okay? No one looks – no one – not even heroin addicts are needle guys. Um, but, yeah, so my friends are doctors, and you, they can just buy IV bags, and they're legally allowed to give people IVs. <laughs> so uh, we all came back to the house, and we were, like, hanging IVs up from, like, the, the blinds and shit. <laughs> so how does that work? Like, how long did it take? Did it actually help? Like, what was the experience like for you? Yeah. So the IV is like a liquid IV. It's like sodium, uh, something, something it's like, you know, it's, it's like, uh, imagine Pedialyte on steroids. So you hmm. fully, fully hydrate your body, puts like a bunch of supplements or whatever it is in your body. It does a pretty good job. I mean, you know, like I, I probably wouldn't have existed nearly as well as, as I, as I did Saturday, had it not been for that IV. Um, but yeah, and then we went out that night and, and uh, yeah, man, I'm tired. I'm not going to be drinking at all this weekend. I am uh, hopefully not drinking for probably till Memorial Day, which is what that's in a couple of weeks. Like, do you think this is something that you're going to regret when we come back on this podcast Monday that you, you presume that uh, you would go 14 days without any more White Claws? Do you think that's uh, going to be ill-fated? I don't, I don't think so because I mean, I went, I once just was like, I once took a hundred days off from drinking just cause I was bored of it. And I was like, I don't, I'm going to just not drink for a hundred days. Cause that's a good round number. I don't have any problem whatsoever. Not drinking like genuinely I can like just go on like, you know, as long as I've got the gym and I'm focused at work and stuff like that, I don't really, I don't really need to. Yeah. But now if, if my friends were like, yo, like, here's this thing that we're going to do. That's fun. I'm not going to say no. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe others would. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. How much of the Tennessee, Arkansas college baseball series did you catch this weekend? Well, you don't really. So like, it was obviously my friend's birthday, but I, I told him, I was like, Hey, I know it's your birthday. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, we're going to need to watch the Tennessee, Arkansas uh, game. Yeah. And he was like, game or games? I was like, no, game, series, <laughs> series, and multiple of them. So we got the girls, right? Mm-hmm. Got the guys, got everybody together. Got some, you know, some popcorn and mm-hmm. some ruffles, you know, with mm-hmm. the sour cream and onion dip. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. How, how, uh, what, how about you? How did you like the Tennessee, Arkansas series? I mean, we Pretty lost the series huh? two, three. We, we lost the series. Yep. Uh, tough tough yeah we were all we were all pretty sad i figured but saturday was delightful i don't know if you saw my like full dance from saturday afternoon where we i can't stress it enough i know we talk about football and we talk mm-hmm. about talk about sports but can we just talk about how absolutely adorable you and your lady are <laughs> like genuinely a very attractive uh very sweet very photogenic couple Thanks, man. Thank you. That's, uh, it's uh, yeah, man. It's something to be proud of. She's a delight. We, I, I, I love her very much, and I enjoy spending time with her very much. That's all you're looking for, right? Like someone who you can hang out with and uh, get through life with. And uh, well, that's normally what mm-hmm. people is. But for you, it's someone that you can fit in between your 500 podcasts. Yeah, it's right. kind of the big thing. Yeah, you know, right. it's funny because, like, when I put out the, the weekly recap of, like, the pods and stuff, sometimes, like, uh, in front of the pod, Craig Powers of Cougs Center, a very good Washington State Cougars blog that everybody should check out. Um, 
put it out, like, out there and he was just like this guy hustles <laughs> and i think it's just uh one of those things where i i like it though i like the fact that i am really busy and i do a lot of different stuff and i grind hard and all that kind of stuff and you know i don't really look at it as work though i look at it as just like this is a fun thing and this has always been my dream and uh it also can be tough to find the right person who can understand just the limitations of my time. And I'm sure with you getting promoted, like your time is going to be more limited as you rise up and become the king of Santa Monica, Evan Sword. So I think it's just, uh, it's, it's interesting when you get older and how you prioritize your time. And we all have the same amount of time. And that is something that I, I was always like a pet peeve of mine growing up. It's like people go, like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I have time. It's like, well, no, you have time. You just are prioritizing it differently than me. So when people say like, I can't do that, or they make excuses about not doing certain things and going after their stuff, they're like, I just don't have time because of this, this, and this. And it's like, well, no, you're just not using your time the best way you possibly can. Um, you can, you just have to make a concerted effort and, I mean, you do that with the gym. I do that with the running and everything else where it's just, man, you know what the key is? I'm going to give you the key and we'll get into some NFL stuff. And I don't know if you're like this, but it's just write stuff down. Like every, like I write so much down. I write down all my notes. I write down all my daily calendars. I write down all of my pods for the week. I write down all my stuff. It's just so much easier when you look at it day by day and you don't think month by month or year by year. You just, you topple all of it. Like the daily writing stuff down is just it, that's the game changer. It makes it easier for me. Yeah. It's important to stay organized. And you know how I know you're, it's important to stay organized? Mm-hmm. Because you write down your po- your podcast uh, playthrough. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, Brian Flores. I don't know if you've heard of him. Head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Evan Swords. Um, really good with flowers. It's a bad <laughs> joke. Don't laugh at that. That's a bad joke. <laughs> To a knows where he needs to improve is what he said this past week about his, his starting quarterback. Um, you know what that reminded me of? The reason I bring this up on this podcast is I, I wonder if you had the same upbringing. Where like there was something my dad would say, or like or not my dad, my teachers growing up would say, like Chase knows where he needs to improve. That's not something you say when you're pleased with your student. When a teacher pulls a parent aside at a parent-teacher conference and it's like, well, Chase knows where he needs to improve. Um, that means they're not happy every single time. They know where they need to improve. It, that's more of like a, I'm not happy, but they also know how to fix this problem to remedy the situation. We're just going to have to see if that happens. Um, I am so fascinated by this situation in Miami because they obviously did not take a quarterback where they could have taken Justin Justin Fields. Fields. And they're banking a lot on this rebuild that Chris Greer, I think has just done a great, great job putting together this roster. And um, I mean, just what he got for Tunsil alone. But like, when you look at this group, I just, I'm like, man, I like so much about what they've done, but Tua might be a bottom four quarterback in the NFL. And if that's the case, all of this for is for not and not taking a quarterback there when they could have. It's just one of those we're not talking about all that much yet. But like the fact that we just get the two and knows where he needs to improve the fact that he got inserted weirdly into the season. It was like, oh, no, this is a huge drop off. And whether or not his health will 
ever be where it needs to be. And then their rumored interest in Deshaun Watson before everything ended there. Like, I don't know. Are you not just incredibly fascinated by what happens in Miami and like that relationship between Flores and Tua? Well, first and foremost, when I heard Tua knows where he needs to improve, to me, that's a threat. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm not hearing that as anything other than a threat. Like, Tua knows what the fuck he needs to do. And if he doesn't do it, we're going to fucking get Ryan Fitzpatrick to come out here, start throwing the ball again. He doesn't even play for us anymore. He'll still do it. Like, I don't know, man. I, you know, I got to say, the those who did not take Justin Fields' teams, the Jets, the 49ers, obviously the you know the dolphins these are teams i'm going to be paying attention to a lot you know especially because i'm going to be paying attention to the bears a lot this year because i don't they say that justin fields isn't going to start right away and then we'll say andy dalton's the, the starter but uh yeah we'll see but yeah man i'm telling you like if they come out and i think they're building a good team you know you were big on them last last year I think they're building a good team. If they come out and do the whole Chicago Bears thing, you know, where they've got a great defense, great offensive weapons, you know, good, not great, and Tua just can't do it. He still has struggles in the same way that he did before. Um, Dude, it's going to be a bad look. It's going to be a really bad look. It's going to kind of remind me of um, Jared Goff. Uh, last year with Los Angeles, we were like, oh, this is clearly just, this is it. Um, I just, you don't get many bites of the apple. Like this is, they were in a really good spot to take a quarterback there that could have been a real difference maker. And I think you and I are on the same page with Fields that like, I just think his upside was so much more. But then you look at it and you're like, well, if two is still top, if he can get that top 15, 14 level, I mean, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, and Will Fuller all make sense. Like Jalen Waddle in the slot. Like I love Mike Gusecki and, um, we both love their defense, but like Devonte Parker is like the third option makes a lot more sense. And he get just getting a lot more help there. I mean, I'm high on Miami, but like this division is going to be sneaky tough. I think jets will be better. The bills are the favorite. They're not going anywhere. And Josh Allen's emergence is only going to make the pressure even more uh, difficult for Tua. And then you got Mac Jones coming in the division with cam. Like the Patriots just spent a, an ass load of money to, isn't it their funny? Roster. Yeah. Isn't it funny how Tom Brady finally leaves and then it's not just the Patriots anymore? The entire uh, division kind of rises to the top. <laughs> like, yeah. it's interesting, man. I got to say, it really is. You got to look at um, what the Jets did this offseason and they really, you know, I mean, they've got the blueprint, right? They've got the quarterback that they want, they've got Kyle Shanahan's offense, they've got Kyle Shanahan's defensive coordinator as the head coach now. Um, I think that I think the Jets are going to be very surprisingly good this year, and uh, obviously the Bills are just a behemoth right now. So it's going to be an interesting division for sure. Speaking of interesting divisions and interesting developments, Kelvin Benjamin, old friend Kelvin Benjamin, uh, do you remember all the weight stuff that he had to deal with? Just at, when when he came into camp and just the pictures, it was it was incredible. It was like James Harden before James Harden of the NFL. And um, first yeah. and foremost, before mm-hmm. we even go even an inch further, mm-hmm. we must recognize <laughs> the funniest tweet. Literally, not and once again, it's a podcast. There's no way I will be able 
to recreate the same exi- excitement. Mm-hmm. But Trevor Sikama, who I've mentioned before, friend of the pod, oh, I the know Draft Network, when the photo came out of him walking out the Panthers camp, obviously incredibly overweight, I, you know, Trevor is one of the smartest and funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. His brain is just like it's a thousand horsepower machine. It's just insane. But in captions, whoa, fat Kelvin, bam a lamb, whoa, fat Kelvin, bam a lamb. <laughs> he was like eating tons of ham, bam a lamb, catching passes from Cam, bam a lamb. <laughs> like, like, the funniest tweet that I've ever seen. And that fat Kelvin, Bam Lamb, is the new giant tight end. He, I just, is this just the weirdest summer for like tight ends? Like Kelvin Benjamin's just like, screw it. I'm going to try tight end. Tim Tebow, screw it. I'm going to try tight end. What is, what is this? Is it because that like the tight end position has just evolved so much in recent years that like, like, hey, maybe I can do it because it doesn't actually mean I have to block or do anything. It just means I can be a goal line red zone threat, right? Right, yeah. There, I mean, you, you, what's funny though at the same time though is like the tight end position, the eliteness of that position, is at kind of the best it's ever been. Right when you look at Travis Kelsey, um, Darren Waller, and then obviously the best tight end in the NFL, George Kittle. Right, and you see this is like kind of the golden age of the the true tight end. Right, that can block and catch passes, <laughs> yet. On the other side of the spectrum, you've got these just... Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone's experienced the pain of dropped calls and internet outages especially working remotely this last year. So here's the question. If you're the telco company, how do you help create better experiences for customers? Simple. ServiceNow digital workflows can help solve network problems faster and provide real-time status updates so customers aren't left in the dark. That's probably why ServiceNow workflows have helped telco companies see an increase in customer satisfaction. But proactive customer communications only half the battle. With a single view of your back, middle, and front office operations, ServiceNow workflows also eliminate silos, keeping teams more in sync and more productive. With our scalable services, companies assure a better experience for both customers and employees on a single platform, the Now platform. So how do you help provide a better network experience for customers? With ServiceNow for telecommunications to help streamline network operations. Whatever your business is facing, let's workflow it. ServiceNow. Tim Tebow, who's never played the position. Kelvin Benjamin, who literally ate himself into the position. Like, it's a weird time. I don't think you you, you couldn't have said it better. It's a weird time. It is. I, I'm excited to see how that works. Uh, the Giants are just such a weird team. Um, I can see their season going completely two different ways, two diverging ways. And I just, I don't have a good read on the Giants yet. I'm excited to get our perspective when we get into the summer and we can do our season previews and stuff. Cause I think the NFC is just going to be really, really hard to forecast. Um, the chiefs stay active. They nab Mike Hughes corner from Minnesota. He had an up and down career thus far in the NFL, especially in Minnesota. But, uh, what do you make of the chiefs adding another, another corner staying busy this, this off season? 
Well, I don't have any specific thought on the corner itself, Mike Hughes, outside of just the Chiefs have been doing this right for the last three years. They are picking and kind of grabbing whatever, you know, forgotten talent. Um, and I think the, the 49ers kind of do this too, right? Um, the, these are teams that are immense talents. They have great rosters, great coaches, and they go, we can probably make them better than they were before. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit, a little bit, I'm sure with Marquise Lee. And I think it's kind of a similar concept, right? They're like, if we take, you know, a player that got cut, who was on say a, a not so good team with, did not have a good roster, didn't have good coaching and they struggled a little bit. They're like, we could probably get more out of this player than they could. You know, you look at Sammy Watkins when he was in Kansas city, right? You look at the offensive linemen that they've signed and, the players that kind of want to go there, Le'Veon Bell. Um, and I think that's just kind of their way, their way of approach, right? Like we can do more with this player than you did. What would you guess is passer rating uh, allowed when targeted this past year in Minnesota? I mean, Minnesota's defense wasn't that bad. So, I mean, maybe like 75. 120.3. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> he was awful last year if you go back through his numbers like every year thus far since getting drafted in uh 2018 out of ucf not great which concerns me as someone who is a fan of a team that just took a ucf db uh, themselves so a little concerned and richie grant who we'll get into in a second because of projected starting lineups that pff friend of the pod did uh this week so i'm excited about that i love depth charts i don't know if you're like me but i'm a huge depth chart nerd and the amount of time in the last few years that i've spent just memorizing things on rlads.com is just uh very very dorky um the broncos made history hiring klein to a football ops position just this was a really kind of out of nowhere thing but uh it's pretty awesome for the nfl right i think so the Broncos, you know, first and foremost, the Broncos are obviously the team that kind of gifted the 49ers Adam Peters, uh, mm. who was rumored to potentially return uh, to some kind of a more GM-specific role with the Broncos this year, and he ended up staying with the 49ers. I don't know if this is kind of their, their approach of, of filling the hole that they maybe thought he might take, uh, but I think it's a great thing. And, you know, I <laughs> – it, I, how do I say this? It feels like the Broncos are building a good executive team yeah. in spite of John, John Elway. It just feels like John Elway is getting <laughs> promoted to fake roles. Like I, I love the way, I don't know if you're like this in your, your professional life, but I always, it always cracked me up as someone who is an outsider and is not involved in any of that kind of stuff. But like when my dad just being a longtime business guy, like it, he would tell me about his positions and things like that. I'm like, they just make these up. And Kelly Klein, uh, we should say, is going to be the executive director of football ops, but also special advisor to general manager George Patton. Um, they just add these titles. It's a really long title. You can't put that on a business card. That's a full, full title. We just add all of these things. Um, and this is across all sports. Is I just I love that we're expanding roles and we're just making them more convoluted and complicated to explain. Could you imagine explaining that if you're you're Kelly? <laughs> well. Well, you're like, yeah, they just say I'm a Broncos executive. I'm yeah, executive I guess that's all you do. The Broncos. 
Like, say, yeah, really, yeah, at the end of the day. I, I don't know. That's just, it's odd to me. And special advisor, what makes her the special advisor? How many special advisors are there? I, I don't understand. Uh, or or imagine if you're an av- advisor and then he comes in and he's, or they come in and they're a special advisor. Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? I, I don't. And then they're like, why is this person special and this person's not? I, I don't know. What is the more, um, like, what's the most egregious business style that you've come across? Like where you saw it and you're like, I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means. I mean, I just shout out to the office, but it's got to be the assistant branch manager, you know, the assistant, yeah. to the, you know. Um, I mean, good for them though. It is what it is I, at this point. Nowadays, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. And I also just think it's one of those where it's just good. We just have to keep having these happen. Like Kim and G who, uh, is now the running the Miami Marlins who just waited a really long time for her shot and things are going well there. <laughs> I think still as of this recording, the Marlins have the best run differential in baseball. Um, it's just there. <laughs> I mean, we should just move past this. And this is awesome to see that Kelly's getting an opportunity here. Um, we'll see this across more and more sports. And I'm glad it's just permeated, not just in basketball, not just in baseball, that every sport is getting on board with the idea that like, hey, guess what? Women are just as awesome at evaluating and building rosters. And it should not just be a strictly male dominated profession. And it's just good to see. And I'm glad that this is becoming more and more the norm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it really truly is a great thing to see. Um, speaking of great things to see, you wanted to do an emergency podcast on Marquise Lee, who has wound <laughs> up in San Francisco. Explain yourself, sir. I well, I wouldn't say I wanted to do an emergency podcast, just as much as I thought it was hilarious that they, they signed Marquise Lee and right, you know, not too long after you would text me like, Hey, are we still on tonight, which is hilarious because we're always still on. Well, I'm going to do that yeah. every week. I know. I, 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 I kind of like it. It's kind of nice. You know, it's, it's nice to feel wanted. Um, <laughs> I'm never doing it again. <laughs> but I feel like this is the perfect signing for me because I'm an eternal optimist that always like overtly excites out of things that really aren't as big of a deal as they are. But I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, yeah, just kind of exactly what we talked about, right? I'm like, oh, you know, the Jaguars had Blake Bortles and. Allen Robinson was injured and they didn't have anybody else. And he had a pretty good year. Not to mention that he also had some injuries and things like that. Personally speaking though, I think he's a great, uh, great addition to the team. I think he has kind of that, uh, you know, he has a skill set. I think he, he has a potential, you know, I, he did really well as a, as a kind of shoe in wide receiver too on a bad team with a bad quarterback. And I think, you know, a team that's not going to expect much from him that already has George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Um, oh, we're going to leave out the starting slot legend, Mohamed Sanu. Oh, there's no way. Ma- Sanu doesn't make the team. He'll be Ooh. he'll be doing. Well, we're going to you're going to love PFF's projected depth chart that we're going to. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> He's going to have the Jordan Matthews role where he'll go through camp. He won't make, he'll get cut at camp. And then if they need to bring him in, they will. Well, if there's one thing you should be excited about, it's that the track record for USC wide receivers panning out in the NFL is very strong. Evan. It, it is true, man. I can't I imagine think- one. Like, can you imagine if Kerry Colbert, Mike Williams, um, Steve Smith, not the the main Steve Smith. Uh, Dwayne Jarrett. 
Mm, I'm remembering some guys. Am I forgetting any other big ones that did not pan out uh, for the... Oh, I guess Robert Woods panned out pretty nicely. He's been pretty solid. Um, so I, maybe... Is he the best one out of USC? I mean, Marquise Lee did pretty well in Jacksonville. He got a couple of seasons where he was injured. Yeah. But when he was healthy, he, was, he played well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into... Well, let's do the win total projection because Cynthia Freeland did a really good piece uh, for NFL.com, and I love going through this and NFL projections, and we'll be doing, as we get closer to the regular season, our own over-unders and things like that um, to get excited for the season. But like when you examine her simulation, which that's why you'll see like a 12.2. When you run this, I think she ran it 50,000 times. Um the projected 53-man rosters to simulate all 272 regular season games 50,000 times. Um, This is for the NFC. Do you agree or are you intrigued by this? Like, who stands out? Who doesn't? Were there some surprises here? I think this looks really, really accurate. What do you think? I mean... But there is another path. Give me one sec. Let me pull it up. There we are. So I wanted to like play this at the same time. And it's like aggressively playing the video into my speaker. Yeah. There we are. <laughs> Shout out to the NFL Network for literally auto playing their dumbass videos. Um, so, okay. So first and foremost, like you said, this is obviously the NFC. On one end, I want to aggressively say it's ridiculous to think that Tom Brady is going to keep, but then we get to the point where it's like, it's fucking Tom Brady. Like I want Tom Brady's reign to end. It's insane to think that he'll at 40, what 44. Is it 44? Uh, he'll be 43. I think years old. will win 12.2 games. Like that's just absurd. Uh, the green Bay Packers. I just don't know if the Packers can win that many games with all of what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, I think he kind of had his fuck you tour last year and he's kind of made it apparent that he doesn't want to play for the team anymore. We'll see what happens, but I could see that being a lot less, if you will. The Niners thing makes sense to me really genuinely does. Uh, I think that Jimmy is going to play this season. I don't think they played Lance right away. They could, Uh, you know, Jimmy's obviously had his injuries, but I think, the 49ers roster this year is better than it has been ever uh, with Kyle Shanahan, including their Super Bowl run, which is not even that big of a take considering the amount of uh, never-ending injuries they had that season and, and the rotations that they had to do with their offensive line and corners. Uh, I think the 49ers might honestly have the best roster in the NFL. Uh, I, I could definitely see the argument being made for the Bucks because they just won the Super Bowl and they brought everybody back. Um, but it, I, I definitely, you know, I can see, I can see the argument being for the 49ers and not just because I'm a homer. Uh, we'll have to see what Nick Bosa can do um, with his knee. Uh, if Nick Bosa comes back a hundred percent, then yeah, I think we're good. Uh, the Cardinals. I don't know about that one. Nine that and a half. That out to me. Yeah, man. Like the Cardinals, 9.2 games. Uh, Kyler's great, but you know, a lot of the issues that the, the the Cardinals had last year had nothing to do with their offensive weapons. And that's kind of what they did this year, right? I mean, Hopkins, Kirk, AJ, AJ looked pretty, pretty cooked last year. Yeah, AJ's done. 
Age so, is completely done. I'm still very excited about Rondale in this offense. Um, I'm just not sure about Cliff Kingsbury, the coach. I have some questions about the the defense going into this year, but I don't know. I think the Cardinals, the problem that they're going to run into is that, um, let me check my notes here, Seattle and Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams are still in this division as well. And Aaron Donald, too. Put some respect on Aaron Donald's name. But, like, you look at this and you see 8.8 for LA Rams and 8.6 for the Seahawks. And I'm just like, there's no way, like, you're getting three or four teams with over eight, nine wins in this division. That's just too much. So if I'm like looking at this now, I'm like, I don't know. Like what does Russell Wilson have to do every year before you're like, okay, yeah, just pencil in 10 wins. Like, what are we doing with this? Like his record and just the Seahawks. And I know this pains you, but just like the idea that if Russell Wilson is a, is not like if he is under center for 17 games for, the Seahawks this year that like, nah, this, this dude's not going eight and nine this year. That's not, not happening. Wilson's just too, too good for, for that to be the case. I mean, yeah, the, well, first and foremost, the Rams, the Rams were winning more than eight games with Jared Goff. Matt Stafford's a significantly better uh, quarterback and a bigger upgrade for them. So I, I just don't see the 8.8. I don't understand that myself. The Rams are going to be a problem this year. Seahawks. So you're higher um, on the Rams right now than the Seahawks. Oh yeah, I am. Okay. I don't, I still think, see, I see, I personally see the Seahawks as the third best team in the NFC West. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I've got the, I've got the Cardinals as the last team. Um, you have a good, if that's the case. You have a good point though, man. Like, if Russell Wilson, if he's in the game, they're always going to be in the game. And I know that's a corny thing to say, but it literally is true. Uh, but I do see this as the year where the the Seahawks could potentially, you know, underperform, underwhelm. And, you know, Russell Wilson kind of already said, hey, I'm out. You guys don't want to listen to me. I'm not – you're not taking in my, to consideration um, what I think you should do for the team. This is all documented. And I could see the Seahawks kind of having their Jim Harbaugh year where, you know, the coach loses the team, uh, the quarterback. I mean, what did the Seahawks do this year with their three draft picks to really excite you? I mean, they got the the guy that they have everywhere. Like this guy is apparently, by all accounts, just another Tyler Lockett. Like those undersized, speedy guys that Russell Wilson loves finding downfield when he's running away from the pocket. So it's the same. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying, like the Seahawks really didn't have that great of a team overall last year. Mm-hmm. Then they had three three first round picks. They had a couple good free agency signings. I mean, they did. They did. Is probably the worst in football. That's what's scares well, me the most about them right now. They did address their offensive line, which they haven't done in a long time, and I think mm-hmm. they did a better job this year than they have probably in the last five of addressing their all line. But at the end of the day, their their biggest defensive bat or defensive end is a safety. You know, their best mm-hmm. pass rusher is a safety. So it's like I don't know. Nothing that they really are doing breeds confidence to me. I think they've had Russell Wilson, this Hall of Fame unbeatable human being and they've just squandered every single year 
Yeah. And I look, you look, you got to look at what the, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a 49ers sniffed the Super Bowl since what? 20. What is that now? What, what has it been since 2013? 2013. Man. But yeah, look, no, but hold on. They, they not only, yeah, but like since what? Since they had two Hall of Fame defensive just defensive backs, mm-hmm. a Hall of Fame linebacker, yeah. right? Cam Chancellor, right? Like they had Brandon Browner, like, yeah. When you look at what the 49ers did this year, right? They go guard, mm-hmm. running back, corner, guard. Two giant guards. They signed Trent Williams, right? Mike Williams, they they resign his fifth year option. Great run blocker, terrible pass blocker. But like this is a team that goes. We are going to protect our investments and give them weapons. Everything the 49ers have done the last three years in a row is building around their quarterback, whether it's Jimmy or now Trey Lance. I can't think of one year the Seahawks have done anything remotely as uh, as much of an investment as 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 the 49ers did this year for Trey Lance. Yeah, I just I, I need you to to guess one member of their starting secondary right now. Can you do it, Evan? I mean it's it's so worse yes, than even you would guess. Yes. So is it Trey Flowers? No. He was so bad he's he's not a starter. No. Okay, well Shaquem Griffin, is he Gone. still there? No. Fuck. I do know one. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I, I should be. I should know this, but Akello you're right. Akello Witherspoon. Oh, God. No. Okay. No, no, no. But I know Akello. I know Akello. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's not who we're thinking DJ about. Reed. Yeah. The 49ers. Mm-hmm. And Marquise no, the, Blair. Marquise Blair is who I was thinking of. That's what mm-hmm. I was trying to, like, think in my head. Um, you it's know, hey. It's not a boom anymore. I would say no it's not but at the same time dj reed is a pretty good player and akello in in the right situation might play well he he played a little bit better last year with the 49ers towards the end of the year he's playing more aggressive um he wasn't getting beat as much uh i don't really like you know secondary. i gotta give those I guys say a not secondary I'm, I'm a little concerned about the cornerback situation you're betting a lot on jason for it betting a lot on him betting a lot on him but i really like this rookie mm-hmm Obviously, you know, he's from Oregon, so mm-hmm. I'm a little biased. Mm-hmm. I also think that they re-signed Sherman. I don't think we're quite there yet, but I think okay. Sherman comes back. Okay. I mean, I think they need him. <laughs> they really do need him. I think they, the Seahawks and the Niners both need him. I hope he goes to one of them. Um, let's talk about the projected starting lineup. So, PFF, awesome, friend of the pod, PFF. They did their projected starters as of right now. I was going through this and I was looking at different teams and I'm like, who do I, who do I feel better now that I'm just looking at who they see winning summer competitions, like just training camp comps and like where teams are. (sighs) The Patriots stand out where I'm like, Oh, they're actually loaded again everywhere. Like just seeing Matthew Judon, like at an edge position now with him and Kyle Van Noyant opposite side, JC Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Jonathan Jones, Devin McCourty back there. They get Dante Hightower back, who I think was a big loss for them um, last year for opting out. And then you look at Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, and you're like, oh, I could just see how this was just a mess up year last year and that they could easily get back into the swing of things. And then you look at like other teams across the league, and I 
it is so easy to talk yourself into the Chargers. Like Eckler, Herbert, Jared Cook, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, my guy Josh Palmer in the slot, Rayshon Slater sliding in at left tackle. I mean, Brian Beluga at the other side. You look at it. You paid a lot for Corey Lindsey. You got Joey Bosa and Nwasu on the edges. You got Asade Samuel Jr., who's just going to be awesome. You have Chris Harris, Darren James. Like, you look up and down, you're like, oh, the Chargers really do stand out. And I, I don't know. I think this has just been fun to to peruse and start getting a read on where teams are. And I don't know. I was surprised at how I how I felt about a lot of different teams. Um, who stands out to you? Which roster, or depth chart, rather, stands out a lot to you right now? <laughs> Well, I mean, not to be a homer, but the Chargers and 49ers, my two mm. favorite NFL teams. I'm not joking, man. I'm telling you, the 49ers went from, you know, uh, one of the worst teams in, in the NFL last year, struggling mightily with all the injuries that they had. Um, that second edge position was a very big problem. You know, obviously, uh, what the 49ers had as like, and they're basically rotating players out. They signed, um, they just signed anybody and everybody that they could. Uh, it was really not, <laughs> you know, not not the not the team you're expecting, right? So you know they they brought in Jordan Willis, um, which you know he's coming back this year, but D Ford kind of struggled. Um, it just wasn't what you expected. But now you have, I mean, like. Think about these. These are like the most in, in uh, like, I'm getting so excited thinking about it. But like genuinely, Mo Hurst, right? Maurice Hurst, Arden Key. These are just third, you know, third string, second string guys. Mo Hurst played really well for the Raiders last year. You've got, your, you've got Javon Kinlaw in his second year. Nick Bosa's coming back from an ACL injury, right? Samson Mbukam. Uh, from the Rams, dude's going to play really well. Uh, Fred Warner and Drew, Dre Greenlaw are like the best linebackers in the NFL at this point as far as the tandem's concerned. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I can understand your your corner uh, issues or worry. But I, I got to say the 49ers, what they did this year is just it's a pretty impressive. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, but no, the chargers, it's definitely, the chargers are my number one. Um, true or false. You know. Sam Darnold will be throwing to a tight end named Dan Arnold this fall. Sam Darnold, Dan Arnold. True. That is true. They're going to mess that one up. I think a couple times on the broadcast, yeah, that's but that'll be fun. Yeah, that will be fun. Um, the Falcons, one of the worst depth charts in football when I'm it's a tough year, man. Jalen Mayfield's probably gonna start at left guard. Matt Hennessy's Hennessy's gonna start at center with Mac being gone. I just look at this group, and if Julio gets traded, which it seems like is gonna happen before the season, I'm just like, woof. Um, I I don't know. Stephen Means and Dante Fowler on the edge. It's it's dark times um, for for this Atlanta Falcons group. You're you're all excited about your Niners. Um, I think the worst one, the worst two is just, I don't see any way the Lions and the Texans aren't the worst teams in their respective conferences. When I look at this, Tyrell Williams, Amon uh, St. Brown, and Brashad Perriman are listed as the starters in Detroit. And you know what's weird? When I look at this group, 
on both sides of the ball for Detroit is that like you love their offensive line with Ragnow, Decker, and Panay Sewell now. And then you're like, what a waste of an all-time great offensive line they're building there. And I'm like, and I could not be less in on uh, their yeah. coach Dan Campbell. Like, I'm all the way out. Like, if I could just sell all my Dan Campbell sock right now, that uh, would be my thing. It's May 18, 2021. But uh, these kind of coaches, uh, just they, they don't seem to ever last. I'm just, I can't. What did he say? He would give up a, a, a limb to make the playoffs or something? Like, what did he say this week? No, he said he wanted a, he wanted an actual line on facility right. in his office just what are you talking and he about? said that and he was like and he's like i'd let the line eat my arm if i want a super bowl ring that'd yeah, be great what? yeah he is quite literally uh he is a cartoon version of a football coach yeah he's like I just, he's, it's yeah. not a good look to me but i think the lions are really smart right they draft penny Sewell. they bring in jared goff who they know will be terrible um they get rid of – or they get some picks, obviously, from Matt Stafford, and they're rebuilding. You know, uh, Campbell's going to be terrible. They're going to probably hire – I don't know. Who do you think they hire? Are they going to hire Josh McDaniels? Uh, hmm. who, I don't, who knows? But uh, It's yeah. way too early. I, I have no idea. You know, maybe they just should never have fired Jim Caldwell. Yeah, they really shouldn't have. That guy, I don't understand why he's not a head coach in this league. Like, I, why is he not just coaching the Texans or something? I don't, I don't really understand. Uh, you, you, you don't understand. I mean, Jim Caldwell, man, that dude just wins. Like, that dude is just a winning football coach. Like, I don't understand how he doesn't get the Eagles job, but Nick Sirianni does, and his nonsense and his rock paper scissorsness. I just, I, I, I can't do it. I, I can't handle it. The Texans, though, that roster, Wolf, gonna be awful. Like, they're that team is going to be terrible. And the saddest TV competition time. this year is going to be Tyrod Taylor versus David Mills this summer. Just, woof. Yeah, and that's going to be a medley. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. The Texans are going to be a tough team to watch. I think they might. I mean, I'm not watching them. Are you planning on watching them this fall? They're no, out. There's no reason to. Like, just no as a general. That's just a, you know, honestly, like I didn't feel bad for them because their owners are trash and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But now, like, after having Deshaun Watson come out to allegedly be a giant, psychotic piece of shit, like, I feel bad for those fans, man. But that's tough. You get a franchise quarterback and then he tries to leave and then you find out he's, like, evil. It's going to be a rough season for him. Yeah. It it is, um, Mr. Swartz. Do you have anything you'd like to plug as we wrap up here? Do you want to plug your Twitter account? Do you want more and more people keeping up with your your struggle bus situations on the weekend? I think Gallop it's funny. Around? You know, yeah. I I gotta I say, I've been, I've been <laughs> Well, you don't need to worry about me. I can't stress it enough. Uh, a lot of it's for show, and a lot of it's for fun. Um, it didn't look like you know, a show I, I, when you're passed out at brunch. Didn't look very for showy to me. I wasn't passed out though. I was just laying. So I was. We were at a booth bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I was the only one that had this long laying down. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just had like I had so much room and space while everybody was just in like a chair, and I was just like, well, I got all this space. I'm gonna relax while we wait for our food. 
And I was just chilling. I mean, you saw, I was like just looking at my phone, laying down. See, man, that's what I'm talking about, bro. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's how you perceive things. It always looks worse than it is. Yeah, I'm just, not wrong. it's, it's yeah. Uh, but to the point right now, obviously with the off season, there's not as much football going on. So naturally I'm not really tweeting as much about uh, the 49ers or the NFL as you know, it's not going on. Tweeting about the Blazers. You can follow me on Two Evan Two Furious, uh, a play on words. Since my first account was banned, um, the Blazers obviously beat the. Yeah, I'm a I'm a mess, bro. <laughs> uh, the Blazers just beat the Nuggets the other night, so they will not be in the play-in. They will be a six seed in the playoffs. Go Blazers! Blazers going to win the championship. Yeah, but you can follow me. Too fast or too Evan, too furious. The uh, the Hawks are also back in the playoffs. I'm excited. Hawks Knicks round one. The Hawks have not been in the playoffs for a little bit, so I'm excited to see what uh, playoff basketball looks like for for this group. A lot of a lot of unknowns. When Clint Capella is your your most uh, playoff tested veteran, it's going to be an interesting time. So I'm excited to see what actually unfolds there. But I think it's going to be fun. Um, Evan Swartz, always a pleasure, sir. All right, sir, I will talk to you soon. Soon. How about next Monday, even though I'm going to remind you? Or well, not I mean, even remind you, ask you Sunday night. Look out for that text. Just make sure you call me first. <laughs> and message me first and ask if I'm going to be ready. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. All right, sir, have a good night. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.